Hello, and welcome to the 3D Meetup Podcast. Before we get stuck in, I have two favours to ask. One, we're on iTunes now, so if you could jump on there and give us a rating, it would really help us out. And two, if you appreciate what we're doing and you'd like to help us keep the community going, please support us on buymeacoffee.com. There'll be a link in the description. For this episode of the show, we went out to Brown Bag Films and chatted with Matthew Lloyd. Matt is a CG supervisor with over 20 years experience in animation and VFX. Currently, Matt is working in Brown Bag Films and lecturing at Ballyfermot College. Because of his experience within both academia and industry, Matt is in a good position to give solid, thoughtful advice to anyone looking to start a career in 3D. While we start the episode talking about how Matt himself got into 3D and cover some of the projects he's worked on, we spend the majority of this episode chatting about getting into the industry. We go over building a portfolio and talk about what kind of things he looks for in an applicant. We touch on some of the soft skills that are needed to work in a pipeline and go over some of the resources outside of college that are available to students. If you're looking to get into 3D professionally, hopefully you can garner something from this episode. Like Matt says though, networking is important, so make sure you join the meetup and come along to the next event. I hope you enjoy the show and I'll see you at the next meetup. So I'm here in Brown Bag with Matthew Lloyd. Thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks very much, guys. It's nice to have you here. Um, so I guess we'll just we'll just jump straight in. Why don't you tell us what um, got you into 3D to begin with? Was there some interest or whatever that kind of sparked you? And maybe talk us through how you went from school and all the way into where you are today in, in Brown Bag. Great. Um, I'd always had a huge interest in art. Um, I was always... Uh, drawing, painting, model making, you know, using plasticine and what have you. And uh, I really wanted to kind of pursue something like that as as a career. But, you know, we'd always been told that there really wasn't money to be made or there wasn't there wasn't really a career in art. But um, I didn't really listen to that. And I I applied. I applied for NCAD because I thought actually I wanted to be a, a teacher. So I applied there, didn't get it. And so I ended up doing a course uh, for a year in international trade and marketing. And uh, that went well. Uh, I was I was surprisingly good at it. I surprised myself that I was good at it. Uh, but I knew it wasn't for me. And through the college there, actually, I, I found out about Body Farmer College. So I prepared a portfolio and uh, ended up on their two-year CAM course, so, which was a computer animation and 3D modeling course. So I was very, very lucky. Like it, it was one of the earlier courses, which was, this was in 96, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and I, I left school in 95. So I'd already had a year in, in, in college done. So in 96, this new course, uh, well, it was a year or two old. I was excited about the thought of doing a course like this because it, I think in the perspectives it had mentioned that, you know, you would learn to do graphics and computer graphics like yeah. what was seen in Jurassic Park. And that to me was a huge thrill. And I was very excited at the thought of being able to do that. So uh, I applied, I got it, and I graduated in 1998. Okay. So uh, that was that was great. So I literally walked from college then, I literally walked into a job. I was very, very lucky. And uh, there was, uh, I remember there was a kind of a, uh, the college had this sort of a recruitment day where they brought industry people in. And I was very aggressive about, you know, meeting people because everyone else in the class had met someone. They all had got contact date details and I hadn't. So mm. I kind of told myself, the next person that walks in that door, I'm going to 
impose upon them to come and see my work and I yeah. did and long story short I was working for them then a week later did a test and I was uh, I was in yeah I had, you had to be a little you know you had to be a little bit pushy a little kind of yeah. in your face about it but it, I think it was important because uh, sometimes people can walk by and yeah, yeah. you need them to to see to well, see what you have I don't to think offer. that's changed you do need that sort of personal touch you need to I think so yeah just a little bit I think that's yeah. important so what was that first company called uh, that was uh, it was a computer based training company called Interactive Services Limited ISL. Okay. And uh, they were doing a lot of uh, uh, training courses uh, using graphics, and it, it, it was it was it was mainly for softwares and, and kind of explanation videos uh, for, for education for um, programmers for software. You know, it was anything that needed an explanation, like a digital yeah. Yeah. Uh, handbook. Yeah. Uh, we create animations for that to explain what it was. Same kind of training videos you'd see. I think, yeah, you see very similar ones today, but ours, ours were a lot more rudimentary. But yeah. the work I was doing, I was the only guy there actually that did computer animation. Right. Uh, I was the only one that I suppose, you know, I, I was fresh out of college. and uh, But it was great. I actually got to do the thing I like. I had studied every day, day in, yeah. day out. Yeah. Um, and that, that was really, really enjoyable. You what know? software were you using then? Uh, I was using 3D Studio Max okay. at the time. Um, 3D Studio Max was was the, the the I suppose it was the second 3D package I'd used. I'd re- originally in college I'd learned 3D Studio Four, okay. which was the DOS based version, and uh, that was quite interesting. And um, yeah, in '97, then I suppose while still in college, 3D Max came out, the right. first 3D Max. Yeah. So that was the version we. Um, we, we, we used okay. a very very basic yeah. trust me very very basic uh, tool I don't think there was a dissymmetry tool or anything was in it just yet yeah. but uh, yeah it was interesting to, to, but to you're still it. able to make something with it and oh yeah yeah we could, we could we could get a box out of it for sure <laughs> you know it was quite interesting so where did you go you must have moved around a bit then after that before you got here did you yeah I was I moved around quite a bit like I've, I've worked in my career now I've worked in gaming uh, television uh, film and most of that has been done I, done in Dublin. So mm. I've worked in a lot of the main studios around the city. Okay. Um, and I've, but I also, a big chunk of my career actually was, was involved with, with teaching as well. Right, yeah. Um, so I was with Body Firm at college for nine years, uh, teaching full time. But I would also freelance as well um, quite a bit. And I, th- I think that was kind of important for myself to kind of stay involved with, mm-hmm. you know, with, with production, with uh, creating, working with clients, and that was really, really important. So I was, I was staying current myself. Yeah, but uh, not while, really. but while teaching. Yeah. So where did you go after ISL? Uh, I was very lucky, actually, after ISL to move to the, uh, I suppose, one of the only gaming companies in Ireland at the time called Funcom, and Funcom at the time were developing for PlayStation, mm-hmm. and I worked on a couple of different titles there. Uh, uh, championship motocross and we worked on another title called jet sprint racing but unfortunately after a couple of years um the company got into a little bit of trouble you know financially and and uh, we were all made redundant okay you know which is you know it does happen yeah. um so from there then you know we were all we were all out of work but i had heard about a teaching role that was going at body Farmer college mm-hmm. And again, early on in my career, I, I, I kind of, you know, toyed with the idea of, of becoming a teacher. And this is something I, I thought I, I could do really, really well or I, I could at least enjoy doing. So um, I applied and I 
I, I got it. You know, I was, it, was, it was great. I was really, really happy about it. Um, so I started teaching in Ballyfermot in 2001. And I, in my mind, I, I was only going to be there for a little while, maybe a year or two. But I was there till I think, 2000, 2009, 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was there for quite a while. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I freelanced throughout the whole time there. Nice. But it was, it was a really, really good experience. Um, I, I met a lot of people, you know, taught a lot of students. And it was, it was just a really, really good time, good place. And it was nice to see so many, so much talent, I suppose, come through the college and then kind of continue on their career, yeah. their careers. And even to this day, I, I still work with and know a lot of the students I would have come across at the yeah. time. And you're still teaching as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm still teaching now. Um, I'm lucky that, you know, Brown Bag allows me to actually go out and and uh, go out to Ballyferma College and, and teach. I teach there every Fridays as well. So I think Bally... Ballyferma and Brown Bag have always had a very close connection. Um, a lot of the staff here would have gone there, and yeah, it's it's something that's kind of naturally progressed. That you know, I would do weekly, and and I think it's 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 been a success. I think the the combina- the, the work between the college and the the college and the company here has, has has been quite successful. Yeah, yeah. Can you you were part of the VFX course in in Bally Yeah, that's that's the the the, the two year HND and VFX is, is was a new course that was developed uh, from 2015, 20, 2016 actually, yeah. and uh, I was brought on. I worked in VFX myself, and um, so and I've been since twenty sixteen. Now I've been back there teaching yeah. uh, as part. You know, as a part-time teacher, yeah. uh, but it's 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 really really nice. We're seeing we are seeing the benefits now of seeing, I suppose, professionals going into the colleges and yeah. working with the colleges, and I think that really really has had a big payoff because oh, for sure they, it's, they won it's, an award, didn't they? Yeah, I think it was a a, a Royal Tele- Television Society award they won. Okay. Um, you know, they were a hard working group and they mm. did very very well. So I was I was delighted for them. But I think that kind of demonstrates, you know, the between the collaboration between the 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 company and the college that we can actually kind of make a quick difference yeah. in how students are or what the skills students are coming out of college with. And did many of them get jobs out of that? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be able to say actually that um, there's a number of those those the guys and girls from that course are are are, are working in the industry. They they some of them walked directly from college into yeah, into jobs, and we're lucky that we have uh, two of them here working in Brown Bank and doing quite well. So yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see them do to, to courses like that do well. Yeah. Do you think it will continue to do well? Yeah, I, th- I think as long as you can kind of keep that connection going between, I suppose, the industry and the colleges, I think it's always gonna it's always gonna have a, a payoff. Um, I suppose what we'll what what industry will bring to these type of courses is is a kind of a, you know, how to get the job done quicker type of attitude. Yeah. We 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 kind of want to get a faster way. We want students to learn in a, in in such a way that would mimic how we would do it within a studio. So there's not a huge learning curve when they come to. No, industry. I mean. Quite frankly, the the idea is that we would train them in a way that we we would we would work with, with ourselves, mm-hmm. um, and that's really really nice to see. Um, and they've 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 done quite a good job actually on it too. Yeah, yeah. It's actually something I wanted to talk about because uh, you're one of the few people that kind of straddles both sides with the industry and the kind of academic side of things. Um, so you're in a good position because I feel like you you know where the students are when they're in college and you know what kind of level they need to be to kind of break into industry. Yeah. Um, I wondered if you could talk to us a little bit about, maybe give some 
people advice on how to move from that position you know you say you get out of college or whatever or maybe you're not in college but you're doing work yourself yeah like what kind of steps should people be taking to move into a place where they're good enough to get kind of catch the eye of somebody in the industry yeah i i, I think um when, what students should really, really focus on, and, and this is just my opinion, but what I think they should focus on really is is just trying to hone their skills as artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think quite often what colleges do is to is to kind of push softwares more than the actual the ability to use a specific software. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the the software is ever really the the big thing to get hung up on as a student. I think if you pick one three D three D modeling package. One package that can, you know, texture or uh, one software package for 2D. I think, you you know, generally as a 3D, let's say generalist, I think you're usually set. What, what I've seen in the past is that everybody is running to get the latest version of Arnold or, you know, RenderMan now is a lot more easy accessible and people are using it without really knowing some of the basic steps in, I, I say, you know, lighting. Or they're, mm. they're trying to rush into into ZBrush without really having a fundamental idea as to kind of form, you know, and, form and shape and so on. Or even even kind of some of the earlier 3D packages, like people are jumping from Blender to Maya to Max, mm. and they're not really focusing. Um, I think that in a company, you could, you know, if, if, you, have the, if you have the basic skills, mm-hmm. if you can show that you can use a 3D software yeah. uh, and a company you, 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 you kind of gravitate towards, use a different software package, I think you could easily transition yeah. um, from one software to another. And I would, I would say, you know, just pick one, stick with that and, uh, you know, really, really become a master of that rather than just being a jack of all trades. Yeah on all the different softwares because that really isn't what, what companies are looking for. They're looking for you to demonstrate your skills and ability yeah. and the software is secondary then. Yeah, okay, that's, that's interesting and I'm glad you brought it up because um, if I understand you correctly, you're, you're kind of saying that the skills that are underneath the software are more important so that they're kind of universal. So understanding kind of weight if you're animating or understanding color or form or whatever. Yeah. What would you look like then as, as a generalist if you were looking at someone's portfolio could you pick out one or two things that would jump out at you, say, um, in a portfolio that you you in particular would be looking for? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think what you see a lot in, in junior reels and in students, I think you see a lot of unfinished work. Okay. Um, you see a lot of works in progress, you know, the big WIP as well as plastered across it. Like, what I think and what I, what I feel is, is that taking one or two strong pieces of, of artwork or a scene or set or model or even an animation and finishing it mm-hmm. you know take it from the beginning bring it all the way through and then demonstrate a clean rendered uh, lit uh, model or scene mm-hmm. um, it is important to demonstrate you understand you know shape form you can you can certainly use the the, uh, the software but I think that's demonstrated through the quality of, of the work but actually having a finished clean portfolio is really really important okay. you know rather than just Every thought in 3D that you ever have just spilled onto your website. Um, it's it's you know people sometimes think that your 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 reel should look something like you know the feed on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Like you know you 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 lay out the best work possible, mm-hmm. uh, and you let that do the talking for you. But if everything is is a work in progress, yeah. you're not really demonstrating that you, you have the ability to finish something see it through or to see it through to yeah. the end and I think for any potential employer I think that you need to be able to demonstrate it you need to be able to show that you can you can go the distance on a project yeah. so it's quality over quantity absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely 
Um, and then is it better then to concentrate on one specific skill set or stay as a generalist? What would you say there? That's that's a the big that, question. Well, that, yeah, yeah, well, that's a big question, and, and everyone has a different answer to that. Um, and most studios then would have would have different opinions on that. I think as a as a young three D artist or somebody just starting out in in the area of three D or VFX or animation, I think it's important to have general skills. Uh, I think over time, naturally, you're going to gravitate towards one particular uh, ability, and I think once you find I suppose your your niche, that area that you enjoy the most, and that you can imagine that you want to work in every day, mm-hmm. five days a week, maybe some times six days a week. If you can find something that you get comfortable uh, in doing that for, for so long, I I think that's the area you need to you need to focus on, yeah. um, and find the companies then that that will hire you to do that. Yeah. Um, going to a company to do something else just for the sake of it is is not always beneficial. But I think find something you love doing. Okay. Yeah. Um. I wonder, could you talk to us uh, about maybe some of the resources that would be available outside of colleges? Or I think some of the, the some of the better training sites would be digital tutors, uh, Plural Site, um, Linda, LinkedIn Learning, uh, Gnomon, uh, Udemy. All of those offer really, really strong courses, and I I, I think people should really, really. To, uh, consider strongly uh, signing up and get involved with them because mm-hmm. you really get what you pay for. You know, s- students now are just one or two clicks away from a whole range of of, of training packages yeah. that they could buy for less than a couple of cups of coffee a week. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And they can get professional training. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really really important. That it's it's again it's a, it's about picking something a training course that you're interested in, not something you think you should learn, but something that you're actually interested in doing yourself. Um, and just focus on that yeah, and become become as good as possible at that before you move on to the next level. Sure. Like master that one skill, master that course you've done mm-hmm. and then move on. Yeah, and I that think, interest will kind of carry you through. I think it absolutely so. does. Um, again, if it's something you love to do, I, I, I don't think you're ever gonna, it's, it's ever going to feel like it's a brain drain or it's it's mm. it's something like a chore mm. you know it's going to feel natural it's going to f- it's going to feel comfortable mm. um when you're doing it every day uh, and I, I think that's that's where most people need to focus put, putting the time in yeah, yeah yeah put the time in certainly you talked a little bit in the beginning about how you moved uh, from studio to studio before you ended up here in brown bag i wonder could you give any advice for someone else who's maybe thinking of moving studio themselves jumping ship my advice for anyone looking to move studios is just is to find somewhere that's comfortable somewhere that you, again you would enjoy working with i think overall uh, you know a lot of the studios do very very similar work um it's about when, when you're looking to make a move or you're looking to get a promotion or anything like that it's it's it's, it's important to find somewhere that that you feel as an individual or as, as a creative you could be comfortable with mm-hmm. or that the studio you're looking to go to is doing the type of work that you you would enjoy doing uh, I think most students or juniors leaving college want to just get their foot in the door anywhere. And that, that is important, but it's it's important to actually find somewhere that has a type of work culture that you would enjoy being a part of, mm-hmm. that they're creating work that you would enjoy to create, creating yeah. yourself, uh, even in your spare time. So th- it needs to match, the student needs to match the type of, I suppose, the per- type of personality that you were. Yeah, um, I think that that's really, really important to do. Um, but 
early on in your career, you're going to find yourself in studios doing work that maybe, you know, it's not your type of work, but it's, it's, it's experience that's needed. Mm-hmm. And that's also important as well, because those studios that you really want to work with uh, might not always have a vacancy. They yeah. may not always be able to facilitate it. But yeah. I think if you keep working towards them, you know, that door will eventually open. Yeah. Something else I actually wanted to ask you um is there any particular skill sets that you have found are difficult to find people to fill? Outside of, I suppose, technical skills, it's really, really important for, for people to understand that you're going to be working within a team, mm-hmm. that you need to be able to communicate well, speak well, be able to uh, express ideas, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to speak up, to be able to um, take criticism when necessary yeah that's that's really really important i mean the difference between going from working at home working in your bedroom or working in a a small office uh by yourself is is that when you're working with a team we're working with leads you need to be able to kind of listen you need to be able to kind need to be able to express um ideas and, and and to collaborate and that the communication over generally is 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 a skill that I think is sometimes underestimated. Yeah. Um. I think you're always looking for somebody that's, you know, you could almost imagine working alongside somebody mm. that has uh, a really good ability to to communicate, to express their ideas, to be able to speak up when they need to be able to speak up, and to be team orientated. Yeah. I think it, it, we often get. We often get wrapped up in, in looking for skill, you know, software skills and 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 the like. But I, I think it's really, really important as well that people can demonstrate a, a clear understanding or our ability at least. I think there's, there's something to be said about a, a good combination of both. Yeah. And I think just on the communication skills, it's there's no upper limit to that. I'm still learning about communicating yeah. that. I think it's like I said, it's something that 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 people underestimate the ability or mm. the the need for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you have any practical advice? Uh, any practical advice on, on skills really is start at a pace that you're comfortable with yourself. Mm. Um, I think learning in short periods of time always works best. Um, I think sitting down to tutorials or listening to classes that are 45 minutes to an hour long can be quite, um, can be quite difficult. I think if you if if you learn in short you know spaces or short periods of time, I think that works best for people five ten minutes ten minutes at a time, yeah. and then revisit and then revisit again. Yeah. But I think if you're trying to re- trying to retain so much information in in a long period of time, I th- I think it's inevitable that you're going to miss out yeah. and forget a lot of, of what you you've you've taken in. To me, it's it's better to work in short periods of time rather than long prolonged periods. Yeah, yeah. Um, just on that, because I think. It, Putting together a portfolio is, is always a, a big deal for someone, especially if they're not really sure what they're uh, kind of aiming for or whatever. I wonder, could you talk to us about maybe a, a project that went kind of south for you or that you struggled with a lot and how you overcame that yourself in your personal work or your professional work? I've, I've worked in, on projects, I suppose, that there was a high expectation as to, to what one person could deliver. I've worked mm-hmm. on projects that were you know, you were expected to, to be able to do everything. And yeah. I think it's it's quite difficult um, to be able to do that. I mean, some people have very, very uh, strong general skills overall, but I don't think any one person can do it all. Mm-hmm. You know, not there's very few people that can animate, model, texture, rig, render, comp, and do it all at an expert level. I think there's people that can do quite a lot quite well, but I think sometimes it's it's important to be able to reach out to other to other uh, sk- um, 
to reach out to other people to, for, for help. So if you were presented with something that you were kind of felt was outside of your skill set, you wouldn't be afraid to kind of ask for advice or help uh, help on it? No, I think I think it's, it's it's you're always best not to blag. Uh, I think you need to very quickly speak up. If you're, if you're not comfortable in doing a job, you need to say you can't do it. Mm. I think it's important to, to, to be honest about where your skills lie um, and not to not to blag or not to, to kind of uh, to try and, and just push your way through because I think there's nowhere to hide in a in a in a pipeline. There's nowhere to hide in a, in a team. Mm. Um, I and I think it's best you 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 kind of stick to where your skills are yeah. and stick to what you're most comfortable at doing. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting you talk about honesty. I think that that kind of honesty always um, comes back to you. You know, because if you're honest about your shortcomings then people know you're going to be honest about other things as well. And there's, there's a trust that is built there so yeah. when, you're, when you're part of a team that you can trust. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's also something you see in portfolios as well for, for people starting out is that quite often they, they put in a lot that they did, you know, mm-hmm. modeling, texture, rigging. And sometimes it's, it's, it's just simply not the case. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. I think you need to just demonstrate your strongest skills and then leave the, I suppose, the secondary skills to one side. Yeah, yeah. So for someone listening at home who's hoping to get a job in brand bag, what would you say to them? I think you need to you need to know a little bit about the company first and foremost. I think you need to know about the type of work that we do. Uh, you need to know what our audience is um, and the, the content that we create. You often see um, you often see very very varied amount or, or types of work in portfolios. Uh, sometimes adults themed, sometimes um, stuff that is just kind of a little bit too far to one side mm. in what we do. Um, but overall, I think for any company and not just this studio is, is, is that you need to know the audience. You need to know uh, the type of work and style of work that the studio you're looking at is doing because that's what you're going to be expected to do. And I think it's also important to, to develop your portfolio towards the type of, of work you want to do or you're, you're aiming for. Mm-hmm. And what about someone who's just come to Ireland and they're looking to get kind of industry connections or, or get their kind of foot in the door somewhere? I think it's important to network. You know, there's, there's, plenty, of, there's plenty of events in Ireland where uh, juniors or people that are new to the Irish animation uh, scene can actually go to 3D Meetup as one of them. You know, events like that are really, really important because you're going to meet people fr- that work within the studios yeah. there. Yeah. You can talk to them casually. You can, you can, you know, get some contact information from them. Yeah. And you can really, really just kind of, you know, get a feel for the type of people you could end up working with yeah. or the type of work uh, you could be doing. And you could just, you, you could ask very simple, basic advice mm-hmm. from them because they would have went through the same scenarios yeah, as, as you would have. So I would say it's just get out there, be social and uh, try meet as many people as possible yeah. and get some names, get some details and follow up. Yeah, sure. Follow up. Yeah. It can be intimidating though, can't it, talking to people in, in industry? I think because you need to be able to work within a team, um, it's important that you have the ability to, to you so know, connect and yeah. to, to be social and to, to have a voice really. Yeah. So. Uh, if if you're if you're afraid to, to speak to somebody, I think you need to just kind of get out of your comfort zone and do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there any project then that kind of really pushed you out of your comfort zone that you learned a lot from? Yeah, I think that would have been the would have been the first feature film I worked on. I worked on the last uh, Die Hard movie while I was working oh, wow. at Screen Scene. 
Um, it was really, really fast paced. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot to do, uh, a lot of skills. We had to upskill very, very fast. Um, we worked closely with the director mm-hmm. who was there almost daily. And there was a much higher expectation for the type of work that we had to do. Like a lot of the work I would have done before was a lot smaller, mm-hmm. a lot type of boutique type of work. But this is feature quality. It's a uh, fast pace and needs to be done um, at, a, you know, at a particular pace. So working, working within a, a VFX studio uh, with the director was, was, was very, very challenging. It, challenging as in that you really had to up your game. And mm-hmm. again, there was, it, it was just something that you had to bring in your A game every single day. Yeah, very tiring. Yeah. Can, can you maybe talk us through that project, like what you were doing, what software you were using? Yeah, on, on that project, I was a, a previous artist and uh, there was a lot of kind of action scenes that, you know, you couldn't physically, um, that you couldn't, I suppose, plan out as well on, on boards. So we would create uh, 3D uh, yeah. previs so that the director could take out on set and use... I suppose for for the guys on set to say, well, this is how we're going to do this particular scene, or this is what you're going to see mm-hmm. in action. So you need to react to A, B, and C. Yeah. So that was really, really interesting. And 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 a lot of the work we would have done would have made it into the final feature, mm-hmm. um, almost frame to frame, which was which was really really exciting. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great, but it it actually allows you to be very very creative as well. Yeah, uh, it allows you to kind of you know uh, pitch ideas. To be able to try new things out, and it it it, it, it was there was a huge payoff to it, though. Yeah, so you you say you learned an awful lot on that. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it, it the most I learned the, the the biggest thing I learned there was just about being, uh, I suppose, bringing a, a different quality, a different pace, and a different quality to the job yeah. every single day. You you yeah. had to be. You know, you had to be doing, you know, you had to be working at one hundred percent every single day. So not not necessarily the skills that you learned, but that kind of being comfortable, being that far outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, I I, I think in in VFX in particular, you need to be comfortable about being out of your comfort zone because yeah. um, there's a lot expected of you. Yeah. Um, every single day, you're expected to to perform at a, at a higher level. Yeah, I suppose as a as a CG supervisor now, I'm 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 seeing I'm seeing productions from a completely different point of view. As an artist, you're focused on one area. You know, you can be an expert at one particular thing, but as a supervisor, you need to kind of step back from that, and you're working with so many different departments. You're working with so many different personalities, and you're trying to you're trying to produce the best work for a particular project. Um, but you're looking at it in in the long format, mm-hmm. um, and that that's really really difficult sometimes because you've got so many people working in so many different departments. There's so many different moving parts really that's happening, and you have to have your eye on on them all all the time. Um, and it, it's 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 great to it's great to be to to actually take a step back and work with other artists and see them creating great work as well. Um, because you often kind of you often get lost in your own work and you, you don't see what other people do. Um, I actually really enjoy we dailies here. It's a thrill to actually sit there and look at all this artwork coming in. It's a thrill to see the two D and the three D and the progressions. Um, you know each day, um, and and that that that's that's really inspiring actually. Mm. Yeah. So, what's your favorite part about working here at Brown Bike? I think you really get the opportunity to be to do the best job you can do to really be the best at what you're doing uh, every single day. Um, 
we we've so many artists that come in every day and 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 they're producing fantastic art um and even as a supervisor you get to work with these people you get to see what they're doing mm-hmm. uh and that that that's a huge thrill also in actually seeing a project come together you know from its its conception exactly. right through to the finished piece there's so many different stages in between that, you know, as a supervisor, I get to kind of stand back a little bit and watch them happen and, and work within the team and, and to get the job done. But actually seeing it all come together at the end, at the final HD is is, is a big thrill. Are you working on any personal projects that you could talk us through? Yeah, I'm always trying to keep my hand in it um, and in, in creating work. Um, I, I think that's really, really important to stay current. Um I've, I've over the last couple of years now. I've my I suppose my output of work has been a lot less than what it used to be. Sure. Um, but I suppose some of the the competitions that you see, even internally here, we we, we have um art jams and there's there's art design competitions. But the the one for the one I'm currently working on is a one minute kind of a music video. Okay, for cool. uh, for the 3D meetup competition, actually. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm I, I'm really excited about it because I actually went out and I filmed some work on location and I'm gonna add in a you know a character and you know it was just it was just a really really nice experience to actually go out and create something from scratch myself yeah. and uh, I mean I hope it turns out well I I, I expect it sh- it should be okay but it's just. It, it's just nice to to be able to get back in and do something myself yeah you know yeah. um and and I, I think that's really important for any artist to just to be to stay current as well yeah before we started recording you were talking about how you're working here uh, teaching in Ballyfermot and you're teaching in Pulse College on yeah. Saturdays like but now you're talking and you're telling me you're also doing personal work yeah. how do you find the time for that uh, I have a very understanding wife I suppose <laughs> <laughs> yeah look I mean it's it's it's, I suppose, any artist or treaty artist, anyone that works in this industry is very familiar with, I suppose, double jobbing, hmm. um, or you know, do being part of multiple projects, yeah. both on your day job and maybe weekends. So look, I, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to, I, I try to stay current, I try to stay involved with other projects, but you know, it's, it's, it's important for me personally to have something that I can, at the end of the day, yeah. kind of go home to to work on something that you own that yeah it was just just something that kind of expressed a little bit about who i am yeah. really I, I i think when you work as a supervisor um you offer you, you're, you're very hands off the artwork the, mm-hmm. the, the the creation of assets and it's nice for me i suppose to be able to you know outside of work to kind of be able to create my own work pieces my own animations um they're a little bit different i suppose to, to what i do daily but it's more vfx based but um, I enjoy it, and I think it's 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 important for me to kind of stay current mm-hmm. and to be able to, I suppose, flex those, flex those creative muscles that yeah, sure. you, you would have been so used to uh, uh, working out every every other day. You know, yeah, when you're doing it every day. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you? Is there any software uh, or any um, plugins or anything that you're particularly excited about yourself or? Look, not really. If I'm being honest with you, I I I think software has come has come so far over the last couple of years that that even basic you know your basic three D program has so many tools that mm. can do so many things. 
um, and, and and a lot of them are free now, you know, yeah. which is which is fantastic. That you know you, uh, you can you only have to just download uh, you know an educational version, and you have all these wonderful tools at your fingertips. And I think that's really really important that 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 people avail of that, that they that they take advantage of that. Um, so you know, I would say uh, you know the the most general programs, the most common programs would be Maya ZBrush. Uh, substance painter uh, I suppose for for uh, people starting out in VFX you know learning a tracking program like Synthoise yeah. is quite beneficial because it's a basic tool that you could expect to use mm. um, and again it's just it's just it's just avail of what's out there I think that's really, really important that people take away from this is that you avail of, of, of the resources that are there yeah are, are free yeah yeah uh, that's really really important yeah, because you can get if you have a student uh, email, you can get the Autodesk stuff for free. I, I think even a lot of companies now have have they've they've waived that. It's it's more learner based. You right. know what I mean? It's 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 learner based software, and they they don't really. It's not it's not just it's not just students. It's 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 learners at any level. Okay. As long as it's not used on a commercial basis, I think I think most people can avail of it. So you just you just go to the website and you can just download yeah, a student yeah, yeah. version of it. Even if it's a you know it's a, a limited offer, like sometimes you can get forty days, fifty days trial yeah. for softwares, yeah. and I think that's really really important. That you take advantage because you can then make the decision whether or not you want to pursue it or buy it mm. or you know. Yeah. Um, I think that helps. Cool. I think some of the the better schools and colleges out there at the moment that are that are offering courses would be obviously Ballyferma College. I think uh, IADT is offering great uh, courses in animation as well. Uh, Pulse College are running some um, very tailored programs, which which are are, are very very useful. But there's, I suppose, that from a from an education point of view, though, I I think the online accessibility. I think I think people should really really take advantage of that, and they shouldn't be afraid to actually pay for their content and pay for their training because yeah. it's it's you get what it, you pay for. You get what you pay for, and and I think you're a lot more likely to to use it. Uh, if you're paying for it. Mm. Matt, I've really enjoyed this and I think it's going to be really useful for, for a lot of people. Um, so I want to say thanks for that. And just before we finish up, is there anywhere people can find your work online? Or Yeah, I have a I have a small website at the moment, uh, www.matthewlloyd3d.net. Um, okay. I have, it's just a list of some of my work, some of my personal projects, um, and it gives a list of some of the projects I've worked on in the past. Okay. So you can find me there and at MatthewLloyd01 on Twitter. Okay, and ArtStation or anything else, no? No, no, I keep all my work on uh, my oh, own personal website. website. Yeah, That's cool. Well, thanks very much for chatting to us. I, uh, thanks really for having me. It. That was Matthew Lloyd. Thanks for listening to the 3D Meetup podcast. As always, we'll have links in the show notes. If you're enjoying the show, please let us know by rating us on iTunes. And if you want to help us keep the lights on, please support us on buymeacoffee.com. If you have any suggestions for how we can improve the show or recommendations for future guests, please get in touch at 3dmeetupdublin at gmail.com. Join us on meetup.com, follow us on social media, and check out our website, 3dmeetupdublin.ie. I hope you enjoy the show, and I'll see you at the next meetup.